On today's show, we're going to talk about how the Dallas Mavericks are different this year heading into the playoffs. Are they better equipped than ever to finally reach their goal and win a first-round series? We're going to talk about that today and more on today's Lockdown Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. believe you shouldn't be here. Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making Locked On Mavs your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by NBA Top Shot. NBA Top Shot is the future of being an NBA fan. Own officially licensed rare NFTs and the greatest moments from NBA history. Sign up today at LockedOn.NBATopShot.com. Got our own URL. How about that? Joining me for the first time, friend of the show, and just serial basketball watcher, Twitter user, uh, always tweeting about basketball. And I just kept seeing her on Twitter, saw she was doing her own show. And I was like, I got to have her on and just just see what she's like. SJ at SJ Basketball 8 on Twitter. Also 21 going on 77 podcast. SJ, what you got for me today? Hello, Nick. Thank you for inviting me on. It's great to be here. Yes, I'm excited to be here. Um. Tell me where the love from, for basketball came, because I, I think that of the people that I follow, I follow like what? I follow like 2,000 accounts or something, most of them basketball. You may tweet about basketball more. It's you and like Mavs Draft, which is Richard. Tweet like every every time I see you guys tweet, you're watching a game. Where did the love of basketball come for you? So it's, it's a bit of a um, kind of funny story if you look at it that way. But um, I was like 10 and I had a crush. And my crush happened to really like basketball. Oh, yeah. And I was like, okay, I will try to, you know, get into basketball as well. <laughs> We're a Heat fan. Um, so at the time, this was when LeBron had, because spoiler, I'm young. So I'm a bit on the young side. So I'm only 22. So I was like, this is only, you know, Wow, you just hurt my feelings when you just said it like that. You're like, hey, just, just to let you know, I'm younger than you. And I'm like, yeah. Just to put that out there. But, um, just for yes. you olds out there, I'm younger. Yeah, for you fossils. But, <laughs> but, um, but no, um, yeah. So basically, you try to get into it. And um, this was during when the Heatles were just formed and our championship season. So I saw a video of Dirk like a highlight video on YouTube when I was trying to do my homework <laughs> and basically I just fell in love with just how he played and just the game from watching him so he kind of just you know kind of grew my love for the game and I 10 year old SJ just saw a highlight video <laughs> of Dirk doing just the, the one-legged fade and getting in the lane and literally like this who's this white guy because <laughs> I honestly it did my sound Oh, so bad. But like, I wasn't really because I grew up in Jamaica. So mm -hmm. white people, I didn't really see them every day. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> in my head, I'm, you know, thinking like, wow, like, white guys are really good, you know, in the NBA. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> like that, that's a thing. Like, I, I didn't know, you know, young little, you know, ignorant me. But um, yeah, he just like, yeah, he just captivated me right off rip. And um, yeah, from there, I kind of just like watching the game, like Mavericks basketball and, you know, specifically, but just love the game. 
Yeah. Uh, ten-year-old me said the same thing when I saw Dirk play for the first time. Ten, <laughs> ten-year-old white me was like, "Oh dang, we can play basketball too." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um. All right, let's get into this season because the Mavericks are different this year, right? This this Dallas Mavericks team is different than the than the teams that they've thrown out there in the past. I was just going back and looking up the starting lineup against the Clippers in the playoffs last year. It's like Luca, Dorian, Tim Hardaway. Um, Maxi for four games. Porzingis play actually played all seven games. If you forget that, uh, and then Boban started three games. I totally had blanked out of my head that Boban had played. Um, that Boban had played three games. What times? Like that was the t- that was the team that the Mavs threw out there last year. Now it looks completely different. So we're going to talk about two things. We're going to talk about the Mavs roster this year, how it's different, and the opponents the Mavs could face because it's not going to be the Clippers again. Thank. Thank the Lord, right? The Mavs don't oh have to play goodness. that Clippers team. <laughs> I'm so excited. SJ, how do we think Luca is different heading into the playoffs this year than he has been in the past? So my thing with um, Luca, and I was, um, I'm watching out for it down the stretch here because um, it's hard to say um, that it's hard to pick out a pattern with him because you know he's only in, you know year four. Yeah. And things have been so, you know, weird, you know, the past couple seasons with, you know, you know, season getting shut down, restart. Last season was the shortened season. So it's like, um, how can you really, you know, kind of make a conclusion that something's a pattern when all these variations are going on? However, down the stretch of the season, it's like he's running on fumes and he just looks bad and you're worried for the playoffs. And he's just a brand new person. It happened last year. I was so worried down the stretch. He just looked tired and I'm like is he going to be able to do this and you know as we saw it was you know a mixed bag you could talk about the fourth quarters but he was amazing so I think we'll kind of see I hope not but I think we'll maybe kind of see the same thing where down the stretch he's a little he looks a little gimpy but um he'll come out um guns blazing so I think he is going to we're gonna see gaudy numbers again um because he's just that type of person he's a big game player and when the stakes are there, he's going to show up. Um, and if we're playing, if I'm looking at the potential matchups, I know we'll, we'll get into that later, but if I'm looking at the potential matchups. There's no one I'm concerned about in terms of putting him in a straitjacket for a seven-game series. Like, and, if, and if there would have been anybody, it would have been those Clippers teams the last two years, and they exactly. didn't even do that, right? And that didn't happen. So with that being said, I think we're going to see um, just another great performance from him. And he'll probably look even better than last year um, just because he, like, as much as people think he's stagnated in terms of his game, especially coming into the season, it was, like, a lot of ups and downs. But I think he's gotten a little better. Like, just experience, sheer experience, another year of playing. Mm -hmm. I think he's picked up, you know, more things just IQ-wise. So I think he'll be... um, better prepared um in the playoffs just based off these last two playoffs playing against you know those clippers teams yeah you look at the last eight games of last season he played you know he played eight games the Mavs actually went uh six and two in those last those last eight games he played 27.8 minutes he only scored 21 points he was shooting just over 40 percent from the field only six and a half assists and four turnovers and so you're like yeah, those are not Luka numbers at the end of the yeah. season. And it did feel like that last year where he was just dragging at the end. And he kind of, the last couple of games, it felt like he was dragging a little bit. That Minnesota game, you could just tell he was he was kind of in it. But 
Um, I, I, I sit at the games and I bring my binoculars and I kind of, sometimes I just watch Luca between possessions and you just see like on his face, like, okay, we're doing this. It's, it's okay. I'm playing cool. basketball. Pat, this, this little short guy is just running around and like biting my ankles all game. And it just got to deal with it and just get through it. And so then, like, when he brushed off Patrick Beverly at the end of that game, I just felt like it was every everything about him that was tired from, you know, being from this whole season and everything that he's had to deal with, just, like, brush him off. Like, just get away. I need a break. And then he took the break against the, the Rockets, and now here we are. So I think it's a different Luka, like you said. He's he's even mentioned things like he's working on the right step back. He's you know the mid range stuff he's added over the last couple of years. He can bring that back out in the playoffs. I think all that is just going to be in his favor. He's definitely better defensively this year, you know, scheme wise, and then also I think just individually better. Uh, the other big change the Mavericks made this year, I guess Luca was the same, but the one big change the Mavs have made this year is Dinwiddie for Kristaps Porzingis. Right? That's that's the hugest, biggest, biggerest, massivest change that they've made. How is that going to be different for the Mavs this year? So that, first of all, is just a huge difference. Um, like you said, biggest difference. <laughs> but, trying to um, make up as many words as I can. Yeah, but just looking at um, another thing that's underrated, like you swapped out positions without, you know, replacing them, essentially. Mm-hmm. So you, you know, traded your starting center and you got back a bench point guard, like in – like saying that out loud sounds a bit crazy, but when you see the results like on the court, you understand why it had to be done. And obviously there's other factors as to why it had to be done anyway. But um, in the playoffs, to me, um, shot creation is vital. Yes. And you saw that last season where Porzingis was able to be taken out of a series. Like whatever the opinions are about how he was used or not, the point to me is if he was able to create his own shot effectively and consistently, there is no way we would have been having this conversation about how he would have been used because players who are good shot creators, they will figure it out. He was taken out of a series, like point blank, because he in part cannot create his own shot. So the fact that we swapped him out for someone that can do that, and that's a big, um, that has been a big um, question mark about the Mavs. It's like, okay, Luca can do a lot and we've seen him do a lot, but who can help, you know, like when he can't do everything. Now we have guys that can with, um, you know, Dinwiddie, he's been great. I mean, Bertans, um, he's okay. hurt right now. Me- you don't have to mention him. Okay. <laughs> you don't have to mention him. I felt bad. He was, we were talking about <laughs> Dinwiddie. Like I forgot, I forgot for a moment he was in a deal too, but um, it's okay. yeah, but he might, you know, have a heater for us set some weird like game three Bertans has like go six for eight when, or something. When, when people try to, to you know draw the lines between this team and the 2011 team like he's the pager maybe he plays in a, like maybe he'll play in a game and he'll like go off but we'll see but uh so we'll talk a little bit more about Spencer Dinwiddie we'll also break down the rest of the roster Jalen Brunson how is he different from the Jalen Brunson the Mavs used to have also no Tim Hardaway Jr but you're adding in Reggie Bullock how does that change for the Mavericks in the playoffs we'll talk about all that and more coming up but before we do let me tell you about bet online for the latest odds, contests, player props, betonline.net is your number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. Go check it out. Right now, they got NCAA tournament. Are you locked into the NCAA tournament? I think I feel like you, I just see you talk about the NBA. Yeah, no. College basketball is hard for me to get into. <laughs> I, don't, I don't blame you. But if you're into if you're into college basketball, like Isaac, who loves North Carolina, they're a two-point underdog against UCLA. St. Peter's, the Cinderella team. 
with yeah, Doug, I've, I've seen with, them with yeah. Doug and his mustache. St. Peter's is a 12 and a half point underdog against Purdue. I'm I'm all the way for St. Peter's. I hope they make it all the way. If you feel like me, go ahead and put some money down on St. Peter's. Check it out. It's all on Bet Online. Head to the website. Use your mobile device today to learn more about the trends and actions. It's Bet Online where the game starts and don't end. Thanks for bringing Lockdown Maps your first listen for your next listen. Check out the Lockdown Now podcast, nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, SJ, let's keep talking about how the Maps roster is different this year going into the playoffs than it has been in the past. So the Spencer Dinwiddie switch, like you said, that is such a huge fundamental change because for a lot of this, a lot of the season, and especially in the playoffs, you're kind of, you're trying to force feed Porzingis and trying to set him up. And it got to the point last year where, yeah, Carla had to put just KP in the corner. And I don't think they're going to have to do that with Spencer Dinwiddie, or if they do, it'll be a little more effective because then he can catch the ball off a swing pass and he can drive into the lane and he can finish something. And that's just different overall. Defensively, that change is different as well. Now, you don't have somebody around the rim like KP, but if you remember KP in the playoffs last year, he was not the defensive player that we saw him this year. Like, it would have been nice to have KP, like the KP from this season to play defense, but he wasn't there last year, and the Mavs almost won that first-round series. Um, Adam Dinwiddie has not hurt the defense so far. He's like... He just seems to be like an average defensive player. Like he's not going to be able to take Harden. Like we we was very very clear against against Philadelphia. They wasn't. But um, but what Dinwiddie has added has changed the team a lot, and I think it's made it better because, like you said, shot making is key. Yeah, I completely agree. And with Porzingis, the piece that you talked about, his room protection. I mean, Paul George said in the middle of a series that we had no rim protection. I thought that was so disrespectful. <laughs> I felt at the time, I felt, I actually felt a little bad for KP because I'm like, wow, like they just do not respect you um, in that moment. And we know, you know, he wasn't 100% healthy. So, you know, you got to add that piece to it too. What was the amount of time difference between when Paul George said the Mavs have no rim protection with KP and when Anthony Edwards said that Porzingis was the best rim protector in the league, even be- even over Gobert? <laughs> You remember those? You remember those quotes? Yes, that it. <laughs> Is that the like first the six off months? Season, yes, the first healthy off season was the um time frame. I'd I'd say that time gap. <sighs> I did take a drink. First, I did take a drink. Yes, I yes, his first healthy off season. But yeah, no, I <laughs> um, yeah, he just was not healthy, and it just wouldn't work. But like you said, defensively, what's different is, and I always thought like even last year, like you know, our defensive rating was bad in general, we couldn't mm-hmm. defend, but there were glimpses of the team being able to defend. I feel like, especially the last season, um, like the beginning of the year, I don't know if people remember, we were like fourth for a cute two weeks. Like it was, it was <laughs> like, it was two weeks, but we were like fourth in rating. I know you can point to a lot of factors for that, but it looked okay from the eye test. It looked decent. And then, you know, things created from there especially when Porzingis got back um, and, you know, he wasn't healthy. We kind of nosedive, but there was a good defensive team in there. But to me, the schemes that were being used didn't maximize that. And I know much has been, you know, written about that now. And um, we see using different schemes um, helps the team out, especially with the personnel that you have. So I think um, I know the rim protection issue it is a, an issue you can see in games, but if they're really locked in defensively, especially um, now that Porzingis is gone, we have a lot of versatility within our lineups that we can play like a Dorian at the five and have like 
just wing defenders um, surrounded our, our three guard lineup. So we can have a lineup of Luca, Brunson, Dinwiddie, um, you know, Finney Smith, Bullock. <laughs> um, like that's a tough, that's a tough, you know, lineup um, to guard, especially. So I, I just think we have a lot more options with um, this new kind of roster. And I'm hoping you know, the guys are able or and willing to tackle all this um, because we have a good shot at advancing. Interesting that, like, if you look at the team that played in the playoffs last year, you're basically switching out Tim Hardaway for Reggie Bullock. That is a massive defensive upgrade, right? And Reggie Bullock is, is going to be big for this team. If he can hit threes, I don't think he's going to hit the way that Tim did in the playoffs last year. He was 40% on eight eight threes a game in the playoffs oh, yeah, last year. Yeah. I mean, he's, he, he's not going to hit that, but... If he can hit some threes and defend the way that he has, that's the that's the one for one replacement. Porzingis was playing thirty three minutes. By the way, Hardaway was playing thirty seven minutes a game in the playoffs last year. Wow. Porzingis last year thirty three thirty three minutes a game. Direct replacement Spencer Dinwiddie. That's different. Maxi Kleba twenty six minutes. It's probably about the same. Boban was playing twenty minutes. I think Dwight Powell probably bumps up. Maybe he was only that, yeah. He was only playing seven minutes a game in the playoffs last year. Oh yeah, no, he he'll take all those minutes. He's taking all those. Brunson was only playing sixteen minutes in the playoffs last year because remember the first three games he was playing really well and then the last four he. Uh, kind of got played off. And then Josh Richardson was playing 13 minutes a game. He was he was relegated that much amount of time. And uh, and I think his minutes will go to like Josh Green or somebody Josh like Green. that. I was thinking Josh Green, yeah. Um, but I think that that is such a big defensive change between the lineup last year and the lineup this year because in the playoffs, one player makes such a big difference because they are playing 37, 35 minutes a game. Like you're going to play those guys a lot. You're not holding out for anything anymore. And so, yeah, Dorian Bullock, we kind of mentioned him. Um, but Jalen Brunson played 16 minutes a game last year in the playoffs. He shot 45%, but he only he only scored like um, – what did he score? Where are his points? Uh, eight points a game in the playoffs. The Mavs have to get more out of him, and he has to be playable. How do you think he's different heading into this year's playoffs? So one thing I want to say first, there's no way he's scoring eight points, you know, per game <laughs> in the playoffs again. I just, even if he has a poor showing, there's no way. I just, especially with him starting, I can't see a world where he doesn't average double digits. Um, but with that being said, I just think Brunson has taken another step. You know, everyone's thinking about last season's playoffs. And, you know, like you said, after the first three games, they were rough. You know, they were rough. The fact that Trey Burke got priority over Brunson in a game seven, you know, told you yeah, all you need to know about his production there. But um, I, I just think he's a different player now. He took a leap. Like, I remember when I saw him in the first preseason game, I knew it was preseason. I know it was preseason, but he looked like he took a step. And I remember, you know, thinking and when I was watching him that, hey, Brunson looks like he got better, you know, and he's what he was, what, 24, turning 25, I think at the time. So it's like he's still young, like he's mm -hmm. getting better as a player. So um, I have no doubt that he'll just be a better player. And I know um, there's a lot being said about, you know, how Brunson scores against lengthier, you know, defenders. And um, and I get all that criticism, but at the same time, I don't think it's as it's as bad as people think it is, honestly. Um, especially if Jalen is like locked in, like if if he's out there, especially with Luca, and Luca's getting a lot of defenders. What Brunson does, one of the things Brunson does best to me is attack all the gaps that Luca creates. 
especially if you put a Dinwiddie out there. And I think Brunson is kind of getting, he's getting used to playing with, you know, Luca and um, Dinwiddie now. I, I feel like the last couple of games, he's looked kind of weird, um, kind of not knowing what he wants to do um, with the ball. But I think he'll, I think he'll figure it out. You know, Brunson, he's a two-time, you know, champion in college. Like he's a winning, like he knows what it takes to win. And I know college, you know, NBA level is different, but still, you know, it's the same concept. It's the concept of winning. And I think Brunson's a winner. So I think he also internalized his playoff performance. He knows he didn't play, you know, as well as he wanted to. So I think he has that in mind as well. So that when he goes into the playoffs, we're going to see an aggressive Brunson. We're going to see a Brunson that knows what time it is essentially, because I know a lot of the guys, it's the same core, but like, a lot of these guys, like the narrative after the playoffs, like it was a lot of narratives, but it was like Luca had no help. That like, I know a lot of the guys on the team, that probably hurts their feelings a bit <laughs> or they don't like, you know, hearing, yeah. that, hearing that they're no help. Like, you know, especially the ball handlers, you know, the guards. Um, So I think Brunson just has that all in his mind and he's going to use that to kind of fuel his performance. So I'm riding with Brunson. I'm riding with him. Mm. And I think he's going to... um prove you know the haters wrong and prove you know folks like myself who believes in him right if you're watching on youtube and even if you're not go to our youtube channel and go watch our uh media day interview with brunson he specifically just the way that he spoke about that clipper series last year was telling to me right the things that you said that you saw in that first preseason game where you're like oh you saw him in person and you're like okay i see this guy he's taking a leap he's, he's taking this next step brunson said you know i said hey you you played this many minutes in the first couple of games in the in the playoffs. You played this many minutes in the second, you know, half of games in the playoffs. What are you, what are your thoughts on that? And what you know, blah blah blah. And he was like, you know, we just got to be better. I have to be better. Can't basically can't get played off the floor. Got to be better. Got to take a step forward. And you could just tell, like the look in his eye. Brunson is a really dry, sarcastic type of guy. He likes to you know have fun. He throws jabs at people. He's always joking about Luca and all them. He was dead serious about that, like dead serious about what was in front of him and his goal of just being better and being able to play in those big moments. And I think that defensively, we have not seen him get picked on this year. We have not seen people try to hunt him down and say, hey, we're just going to go all out and take you out. You're the weak link in the lineup. And I think that's the biggest change, plus the obviously the the shot making and all that. Um yeah, coming up. Let's get into the opponents. Uh, you have spicy takes on Twitter. I'm excited to hear. I'm excited uh, to hear uh, what you think about all these different opponents the Mavs could potentially face: Warriors, Jazz, Nuggets, possibly Minnesota, possibly the the Grizzlies. Not out of play. We'll talk about all those teams and how they're going to be different than the Clippers teams the Mavs have played the last two years. Next, but before we do, let me tell you about. NBA Top Shot. NBA Top Shot is the officially licensed NFT of the NBA. Connect with a community of hundreds of thousands of NBA fans as a natural progression of fantasy sports, a way to upgrade your experience as an NBA fan. They offer a whole bunch of stuff. Trading cards. You got the stock market where you can buy and sell cards. You can put them up there. Um, some people like this, you know, to there's a certain moment that they want, and so they'll pay more for it, and you can put it up there. There's bidding wars, all kinds of stuff fantasy sports with these as well and they have a loyalty program they actually flew a couple of collectors out to game five of the nba finals because these collectors had so many suns moments in their packs there's all kinds of different things you can do with nba top shot i opened a pack today and i got a dennis smith jr reverse layup from from portland and i was like oh dang dennis 
I love Dennis. I, I thought Dennis was was great. I love talking to him, uh, and I thought I was ho I hoped a lot for his career. But it was great to see a, a Dennis moment in my Top Shot pack. I also got a Jalen Green moment. Got a lot of different. I got a, the one I was disappointed in though. <laughs> I got a Mason Plumley pass. Oh, <laughs> I was like, come. That's what I got in my. Now it was to a nice. It was a. It was a nice outlet pass. You know, two handed chest pass out to Miles Bridges, who did a windmill dunk. And so I was like. I'm just going to think that this is the windmill dunk from Miles Bridges. That's what I'm going to think of this moment. But if you want to get in on it, go check it out. NBA Top Shot is the future of being an NBA fan. Own officially licensed rare NFTs of the greatest moments from NBA history. Sign up today at LockedOn.NBATopShot.com. That's the URL, LockedOn.NBATopShot.com. I also want to tell you about Built Bar. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They're delicious. I don't know if you've ever tried one, SJ, but they're awesome. I, eat one, <laughs> I eat one every day. It's that time of year again where you're like... Got to start looking better. Maybe going to the beach. Maybe you've had spring break. Maybe you're about to have it. Summer break is coming. You need a new snack. That new snack is Built Bar. Go check it out. Use the promo code LOCKED15. Get 15% off your entire order right now. They have a bar called Brownie Batter Puffs. The puffs have marshmallow in the middle, so it's real chocolate on the outside. The brownie batter, like flavoring, and then you have the, the marshmallow in the middle. That's going to be delicious. Go check it out. And they're good for you. 140 calories, 17 grams of protein, only 7 grams of sugar in that brownie batter puffs bar. Check it out at built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. All right, SJ. We've been talking about how the Mavs have been, are different this year going into the playoffs. And there's a bunch of other things that we could have talked about. The coaching, Tim Hardaway Jr.'s out. We mentioned him on the, on the show before. But I want to focus on the opponents. Who the Mavs are going to play? Because the last two years, they've been going up against this Clippers team with both Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Like, it's just not – like, those that team does not exist anymore, right, um, the way that it is. And even though – who said the other – did Terrence Mann say the other day, like, we're going to get some guys back soon? I think um, Paul George just got cleared for practice. Um, and Norm Powell is doing some work, contact work. So, yeah, they're getting reinforcements. Cool. Cool with Norman Powell. But, yeah, Paul George coming back is, is notable. Uh, but anyway, the Mavs will not play that team. They're just too far out of it, at least in the first round. There's no way that they'll, they'll face that team. And so now here are the opponents, the Warriors, the Jazz, the Nuggets, Minnesota, and the Grizzlies. The most likely team is the Utah Jazz. The Mavs are tied with them right now in the standings. They're in the 4-5. There's a possibility the Mavs could move up and get home court advantage. But what are your thoughts heading into a, a, a matchup with the Utah Jazz compared to last year playing against that Clippers team where Kawhi Leonard had to have one of the games of his life in order to beat them? Yes. Yeah, so I, as you know, people may know my um, slogan right now is I want the Mormons because <laughs> I want the Utah Jazz in the playoffs just because so I think does it, Isaac, Isaac wants them so bad. I want them so bad just because I think there's a lot there. Like, first of all, there's a lot of um, symbolism. Um, I mean, it was before my time, but that's when, you know, that's how Dirk got his first series win, you know, mm win against the Utah so I would like you um you know Luca to get that moment too his first series win against the Utah team that is actually kind of like the core is you know old meaning not their players but just um you know they've been playing together you know for a couple seasons hasn't really worked the way they wanted it to and they don't really like each other they just don't so I just think it's on it's about to implode and i would love for us to be the ones that just you know put that <laughs> final nail in the coffin <laughs> to just kind of end the core blow up the whole core like that just sounds so chaotic and lovely to me 
So I would want us to um, face them. And they're different from the Clippers team because they don't have a Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> There's no Kawhi to bail them out. And while Donovan Mitchell is a very, very, very good playoff performer, he's a playoff riser, so he gets better in the playoffs. We've seen it pretty much every single season from him. Um, so we can't count him out, but Luca's better. <laughs> like just Luca's actually that's all, like that's all it. Yeah, that's it. Let's end the pod. That's it. Luca's Luca better. That's the <laughs> he's better. Yeah, and to me, having the best player in the series, especially when your teams are close. You know, we're four or five seed. You know, same we record. faced off. Yeah, same record. Like we're we're close. The matchup is close. Um, so to me, having the best player in the series that matters in that. Um, and last year. You know, you can talk about who outplayed who between Luke and Kawhi, but it was a conversation. Like, it was a legit, like, you can go both ways, but, um, you know, a lot of people may lean Kawhi. But um, in this, to me, in this series, I don't think unless Luca just something happens to him or something, I just don't think it will be such a conversation about who's better between Luca and Donovan Mitchell. You know, with all due respect. <laughs> I can tell there's no respect there, but that's okay. Yeah, yeah. He's creeping on my list because he <laughs> was being very disrespectful after that last game. So mm. I'm watching him. Mm. But yeah. Just look at the difference in the in the defenders on the on these teams. So yes. like the Clippers team that played in the playoffs last year against the Mavs. Um let's see. The, let's just go with that that game seven. This this is the lineup that played. You had obviously Paul George, great defender, right? Great Kawhi defender. Leonard, all-time defender, like one, one, you know, like best defensive. What is that? Most valuable? What's the player defensive player of the year award? <laughs> of the year. <laughs> My brain just completely blanked on that word. Defensive player of the year award winner, best defensive player in the NBA. Nick Batum, really, really good defensive player. Like those three wing defenders are maybe the strongest we've seen as three wing defenders on one team to play in a long time. You know, coming off the bench, Terrence Mann played some pretty good defense. Uh, Marcus Morris, not like terrible on defense. Uh, that was the that was those are the lineups that they were throwing at the Mavs. Now, if you look at this Jazz team, here's their wing defenders: Royce O'Neal, Bojan Bogdanovic. Both of them, both of them solid, but not like above average defenders. Um, like Clarkson, Rudy Gay, Daniel House is probably going to play some some minutes now. Um, Donovan Mitchell, even Mike Conley is another guard. Like that's that's the line. I mean, and then and then the switches on Rudy Gobert, right? It's kind of just going to be on Rudy Gobert the same way that it was in that last regular season game, and that is such that's so different than what the Mavs have faced in the past yeah. that think about what Luca did before and now what Luca could could do in the playoffs against a team like that and Luca rises up like I know he he was trying in those jazz games and things but he rises up in the playoffs and it's just going to be different um against that team the team that is kind of like sneakily could be the Mavs uh, opponent is the Warriors right that's like kind of the second most likely opponent right now yeah. for the Mavs is this Warriors team um they're getting Steph Curry back soon. You know, Clay and Draymond have been been you know, they've both been back for a little bit. They've been trying to work themselves in. Um, what do you think about this Warriors team? This I will be so upset if they fall to four or we stay at five or something and we have to face them because I it's just bad luck to have, you know, to see because at the I know the Warriors are slipping, but they're still contenders, like you know, mm. healthy, you know, if Steph's actually coming back and if he's going to be fine you know i'm sure clay you know clay is not going to be that clay um at least not this season um even if they make a deep playoff run i don't think we'll see him be at the level he was at before this season 
but still he can still produce. It's not like he's hurting or he will hurt at that point. But um, it just would be bad luck to see contenders, you know, first three years in your playoffs. And I think the Warriors team, they're not as um, I think the fact that they're not as um, they're not as daunting as they were in the beginning of the season when they were just mowing through everyone. Yeah. Um, but still, the matchup, if we're, we're seeing, you know, a kind of bad, I know it's a different group, but it's r- relatively the same core. So we're seeing a kind of battle tested group um, with guys that are kind of finicky in like Jordan Poole and Wiggins where they can just. Finicky you know, is random- a good word for Wiggins. Yeah, but they can randomly go for 40, you know, in like a game four. And you're like, are you serious? You know, like, so I just think they're a team that especially um, defensively, that's another piece. You know, they're a tough team if they're locked in defensively. And I know mm-hmm. they don't have anything for Luca. Luca's giving them problems, you know, throughout his career. Luca shoots like a splash brother against them <laughs> for some reason. You know, he likes that matchup, you know, in terms of his shooting. But still, I just... um to see Steph Curry, and that's another situation where I'm like, we probably won't have the unquestioned best player in the series. I know we've defended Steph well, but still, mm. that's, you know, Steph Curry. And I don't know how you feel about Steph or Luca. I think Luca has been better than him for large stretches of this season, but that is still a three-time champion. I think we still have to give him that kind of respect. Um so I would not like to see that matchup, actually. I just, if they're the Warriors offense, the way they, the motion offense, if we're locked in, I don't know how well we can defend that um, because we do have a couple weak off-ball defenders that you can target. I won't say any names, but, but there are a couple, um, I mean, with one of them likely not playing, we don't have to worry about that, but there's others that you may need to worry about. Um, in terms of just how they play. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll have to see if that's the matchup. <laughs> I, I won't, I won't rule us out obviously, but I won't feel as comfortable as if we say we're playing the Mormons. So yeah. <laughs> Curry has not played well against Mavs this year. So if you're, you know, yeah. you're listening are a Mavs fan and you've only watched Mavs games this year, which you know, understandable. They played four Mavs play four games against them. The Mavs are three and one against the Warriors this year. They've won the season series. And Curry is averaging 20 points, shooting 38% from the field, 29% from three, uh, just taking three free throws a game. He is averaging like eight assists, a couple of turnovers. Uh, but he's only up his plus minus is only a, a 2.8 overall. So he's not been like really, really great against the Mavs this year. So you forget maybe if you've just watched him against the Mavs that he's still really, really good. He can go off in games. And when he starts going off, your defense just feels like you can't do anything, right? The way the Mavs made the the Rockets feel on defense the other night when they were just like, oh, you can't do anything. That's the way you your defense feels playing Steph Curry when he gets hot and he can get hot. Uh, and I don't know if I, I don't know if a Donovan Mitchell does the same. Like, yeah, he's had 50 point playoff games before. And yeah, you can feel you know, he can feel unguardable too at times, but it's not the same as, as a Steph Curry. And uh, yeah, that would be, that would be interesting. It, it A lot would be on Wiggins shoulders. I think pool shoulders, um, you know, between their wing defenders with, you know, Wiggins and Gary Payton and, and Kuminga, I guess, how much can they trust them? Otto Porter, I guess Draymond, obviously that defense would be asked to do a lot. This matchup is interesting. This matchup is interesting. I hope it doesn't happen too. I'd much rather have the jazz, but um, but it's possible this also this Warriors team is just like in shambles right now. <laughs> They're all over the place because they've come back from injuries and some of it's no fault of their own, but 
you know, they, they don't, they don't play well when everybody's together. And then when they are missing guys, they play better. It's just so weird how this team is working right now. It's Clay's um, fault. It's, it's all, it's, it's all if, you, if, if you ask Warriors fans, it's all Kerr's fault. Everything is on Kerr. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Rapid fire. The last couple um, the nuggets Mavs most likely won't play them, but it's just kind of, man, the Mavs have absolutely no answer for Jokic and it would take like, you know, I think Jamal Murray's coming back soon at some point. If he could just get hot, just shooting threes, then maybe that's a, you know, a team that the Mavs would not want to face at all. And they have some wing defender. Eric, Aaron Gordon against Luca is a really, yep. really good defender against him. Yep. So, um, yeah, the Nuggets, I, like I said, another situation where best player in the series kind of, you know, you know, up for grabs in that sense. But, um, yeah, Jokic. It'll be tough to contain him, and you know it's he's gonna dominate, and there's gonna be the threat to double, and you know he's going to kill a double team. So it's just, mm-hmm. um, I would not like to see that matchup either. If they're not getting like a Jamal Murray or an MPJ back, if if it's just this team as you know as it is, Jokic is great, but I think we can take them. <laughs> like if it's this <laughs> Nuggets team as it is, um, but if they're getting their reinforcements back then. Oh, I'd be hesitant um, to say I'd like that matchup. Minnesota and the Grizzlies, they're they're both kind of like far off. It would be there'll have to a lot of things would have to happen for those two teams. But uh, there you go. That's how the Mavs are different heading into the playoffs this year. There's a lot of different opportunities and different uh, options the Mavs have. We got to play out the rest of the season. SJ, thanks so much for joining me today. No problem. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for making Lockdown Mavs your first listen every day. Tomorrow, Isaac will have you covered for the other Timberwolves game. Game that has less stakes than before since the Mavs beat them. Uh, but if they beat them again, then they just put themselves out of playoff or playing opportunity at all. So that would be an incredible win. So Isaac will have you covered on that game. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs. Peace out. Boom.